Peak Performance knows that according to studies, nearly 30 million men suffer from ED and won't do anything about it. Maybe they're afraid the solution will be painful. Maybe they don't react well to medication. Maybe they're afraid it won't work. Don't be part of that 30 million. Call 1-800-210-8181. That's 1-800-210-8181. Or visit peakperformanceformen.com. Peak Performance. Man at his peak. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence, with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and that's me. Now, look up into the sky some night, some day, some any time. There is a mystery coincidence up there. The sun and the moon are 93 million miles apart and yet appear to us on Earth to be the same size. Their diameters are directly proportional to their distances from the Earth. Remember the solar eclipse. The moon passes in front of the sun, blocking the light, making daytime into night. The moon is just the right size at just the right distance to act as if it's the same size as the sun. What a coincidence. What? A coincidence? And what about chlorophyll? Without chlorophyll, food production would be non-existent. We do live on sunlight through a gift from chlorophyll. How'd that happen? Scientists still don't know how chlorophyll evolved, except that it seems to have started in bacteria. Another mystery. We here experience meaningful coincidences. We are coinciders. We become insiders together, finding the symbols popping up around us. We look through the lenses of synchronicity and find guidance and connections superior to the filters of conventional reality. Our minds are immersed in our mental atmosphere and we sense the future and can find our own human GPS. Sharpen your sensitivity to coincidences. Examine their potential use and explanations. Read my book, Connecting with Coincidence, and learn along with me. Synchronicity, spoken here. Our guest today is Joe Camry. Joe is president, CEO, and provost of Pacifica Graduate Institute. He has recently co-edited a book called Applications from Scientific, Historical, and Cross-Cultural Research. He is past president of the International Association for Analytical Psychology, a Jungian group, and has served as the U.S. editor for the Journal of Analytical Psychology. Dr. Cambry is a Jungian analyst in Santa Barbara, California. Other publications of his include the book based on his Fay Lectures, Synchronicity, Nature and Psyche in an Interconnected Universe. Welcome to the show, Joe. Oh, thanks very much, Bernie. It's a delight to be back. Oh, I'm so glad to have you, Joe. I, I like this, that title of, of your 
one of your the synchronicity of nature and psyche in an interconnected universe. What are you trying to say with that phrase interconnected universe? Well, it's um, an evolution of the thinking that um, I see behind the concept of synchronicity. You know, Jung first formulated the idea in about 1928, but he didn't really fully articulate um, the vision until he produced his major uh, monograph on it, and that was in the late 1940s. And if you look horizontally across at what's happening in culture at that moment, you'll see that this is the emergence of a um, the contemporary views of cosmology. Uh, the Big Bang Theory dates from exactly that period. And we know that one of Jung's uh, primary correspondents during the development of his ideas of synchronicity was Wolfgang Pauli, the, um, the Nobel Prize winning physicist. And so in, in starting with that lens, looking more deeply into what was he trying to do with the synchronicity concept? First, I think there were, we need to look at multiple levels. One, he was discussing a clinical uh, set of phenomena personal phenomena in his own experience, but more deeply, he was really looking at uh, the structures of reality. And he and Pauli together um, came to the argument that we've missed something in the West about the fundamental nature of reality, that um, we were talking about space, time, causality, but we missed something about the pattern forming, the pattern forming that was a larger field phenomena that isn't captured in uh, individual isolated events, but rather it's um, a quality of time and space. And he makes comments like in moments of synchronicity, it's as if time and space collapsed to, to almost zero. Well, of course, that's the same language of the Big Bang. And so putting synchronicity in at that level says that it is something that permeates the nature of our world. Some of the examples that you were talking about, sun, moon, um, eclipse coincidence, uh, evolutionary uh, forms of uh, uh, biochemicals that uh, are remarkable from our perspective fit within this kind of model of pattern forming adaptive uh, responses to the nature of reality. And so in that you begin to talk about co complex adaptive systems here. So you're, it sounds like complexity theory is underneath what you just said. Yes, I think that there, it wasn't available when Jung first formulated the concept, but if you use those terms and that approach, it begins to lead into uh, a contemporary vision that does go exactly to the point of the interconnected universe. That is that when you reach down and, and take a look at this from a complex systems perspective, then you see that everything is interconnected, not in simplistic ways, but um, in profound field ways. And that and, and the idea of a field is something that I really really enjoy your emphasizing, uh, and and what a, a field is something that seems to um, have interconnections in ways we don't understand. Electromagnetic fields were kind of strange because we didn't understand how what went on between them, although the observations were there. Once you make the observations, then you begin to see how the interconnections work. But let me let me give you a, a story I had, and I would like to see how you, we can go to interconnectedness from uh, a recent coincidence I had. I was I was thinking about um, the uh, the relationship between um, the word the 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 idea of liking somebody and being like you. I am like you and I like you. Those are two different yes. uses of the word like. Yes, I am like you and I like you. Yeah. And I was going to write about it and uh, that was yesterday and then I lo opened up our local, um, one of our local newspapers, and I saw a cartoon um, comic strip by Jen Sorensen that used the same two concepts in it. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, aha. Uh -huh. So it's that what you, you you just laughed. I appreciate that the 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 emotional response of the coincider or the person experiencing the synchronicity is so key to understanding and looking at it. But but how do what is what, how do you view um, my experience with I am like you, I like you, and seeing that cartoon? How does that fit with what we we're just talking about? I think there's. Um a very interesting area of psychology that 
uh, needs further exploration, and that is uh, the notion of empathy. Um, because uh, liking you or being like you both turn around the concept of how I internalize you, how I, I see you, I listen to you, and how that strikes me, not just at a conscious level, but at a, at a deeper level. You know, empathy, we usually, we sometimes confuse a bit with sympathy, but empathy is really being able to internalize the other and get a feeling of why they might be thinking or acting in a particular way. And the question is, um, that's an evolved human trait. We probably have uh, neurophysiology that allows us to resonate with others. It's a field resonation issue. Um, there's some work on this in terms of uh, what are called mirror neurons. These are neurons where uh, they were discovered in the uh, mid-1990s uh, in some animal experiments when they were looking at just simply motor patterns where a monkey was picking up a peanut to eat and someone, in quote, accidentally left the machine on during a lunch break and suddenly they began to get signals, but they looked at the, the monkey and it wasn't moving. And they realized, uh, by the way the electrodes were placed, finally they realized that the monkey was watching them eat. It was, it was watching the experimenters uh, perform the same kind of action so that this neuron was firing whether you perform the action or whether you observe or hear the action. And since then, a lot of development has gone in this direction um, to show that this is very much a part of human uh, neurophysiology and that it is a communication system about the way we internalize the external world and, in fact, maybe one of the neurophysiological bases of empathy. So and when, feeling when I was bring, I, I told uh, the story I was bringing up is brought up empathy from you, and I was asking you about fields, um, mm -hmm. and and what I was wondering about with fields, not that what empathy and and synchronicity are more related. I think we could get to that, but here I was thinking something that someone else had been thinking and ran yes. across it uh, on the same day that I was thinking about it. And the field, there's a field there somehow. And I think that's part of what we're asking, what I'm asking you about is how does that field work? We're coming to the end of this segment, but the, there's an interconnectedness between that comic book writer uh, or that comic strip person and me in some yep. way and that interconnection is something that i would like to be able to continue discussing in, in our next segment because when you talk about fields and i've seen you talk about it i think you're really on to something you are listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. And our guest is Joe Camry, and Cambry, and we are talking about fields. a skeptic or a believer. Join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, X-Zone Radio TV. 
For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxonradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD, and we are talking with Joe Cambry about fields. Uh, and Joe, you have a good sense for fields. When I've seen you, you talk in the 2014 group in New York City, you have a wonderful feel for them. And so that's why I'm asking you about this like, like I am like you, like you cartoon and me. Yes, well, actually, I think we're in a kind of nested doll situation in the story that you you told. I, I focused first on um, the empathic dimension of like and like you. Uh, and I think when we enter into those kinds of fields, when we begin to open up, that creates a larger opening into uh, other fields that we may be immersed in that we oh, have oh, 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 come oh, to. Oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't get that. So the so. Something about focusing on empathy, which is what you're getting more yeah. clearly of I did, somehow opens up connections to the larger field. I think there are a number of um, ordinary, fairly ordinary pathways into these kind what I would call the surplus of knowledge. Um, that I think that's the domain of synchronicity. It can only be uh, reached by things that have more of an intuitive quality about them. Empathy is one of those things. It's they are more complex. Um, attendance to reverie, you know, the 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 kind of way the one's mind begins to move uh, in listening to things. Those are channels that we can discipline and learn to use. That I think end up helping us connect into that that deeper level of interconnectedness. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. I, learning how to use those channels. Yeah. Um, what did what do you think I was doing or Jen Sorensen was doing or we were doing? Uh, what channels were we tuning into and how did we come to them together like that? Well, that's a great question. I mean, that's beyond my cognitive knowledge but we can <laughs> we can try to intuit it I mean, please do <laughs> and so my uh, what i would suggest is my pathway into trying to imagine that was Good. to listen to what what was the um precipitating event uh you know the sort of the the thing that starts the process going and that was your um your interesting linguistic reflection on the kind of multiple uses of the term like and yeah. the psycho and the way it it fit into a psychological awareness of multiplicity and duality in, in that instance i suggest that then opened up to the way that image of empathic linking like and dislike that's out there then that's in a field uh, and for those who are tuning into that uh, it isn't yours it isn't the cartoonists it's something that is um, yes. in the field. Um, yes. And those who pick it up 
will often, this is why scientific discoveries often happen at four or five labs simultaneously, yes, uh, even yes. though they're not in connection sometimes. Yes, yes. Okay, good. Very good. Um, uh, that's. I'd think about it that way. That simultaneous discovery thing is really important, and it, it's a it's a fact of uh, of scientific and other discoveries. As other, it happens in the arts as well in cartoons. Um, that is that that idea uh, suggests a field of knowledge that can be tuned into that is continually evolving that each of us can find a way into. So when people think of some great idea, they better look it up on the internet because someone probably <laughs> has thought about it already. <laughs> Absolutely, or or that it's emerging in culture, and the emergence is not the property of one individual. We've had a fantasy of the individual genius as yes, the, we have. But, you know, if you really read those more current biographies that are coming out, they really point to the fact that these people were all embedded in a network of other connections and ideas and uh, other people they were in discourse with. Uh, that very few ideas, in fact, ideas that come up completely on their own, disconnected from others, are very hard to manifest because yeah. they don't have the, <clears throat> excuse me, the connections and links to make that into a reality. Do you know that there's a group called the Serendipi Serendipity Society, uh, forming primarily in Europe? It's focused on serendipity, um, which is very much related to synchronicity uh, to me, uh, at least sometimes. And one of their favorite stories is uh, Alexander Fleming uh, yeah. and penicillin, which you write about so well uh, in, in one of your books um, that some that there was much more going on uh, in the way you wrote about it. There was a field of knowledge being evolved of which Fleming and all the other people that were involved with it uh, seemed to participate in. Yes, you know, um, Stuart Kaufman, one of the um, theorists at the uh, Santa Fe Institute, has been pushing on this more recently and, and looking at um, the way innovations unfold. And there's a group in Italy... Um, uh, around uh, Vittorio Lorenzo at the uh, Sapienta University, who are looking at the way cultures evolve ideas. And they have the idea of the adjacent possible and the far possible. The adjacent possible is like the next room we can walk into. You know, that, um, for example, think of some, a dreamer. And uh, I've had this myself where I have a dream where I, am, I find a new room in my house and I go, huh. I'd never known that room was there. It's the secret door or whatever it is. Those are usually um, capturing symbolically the sense that one's entering into a new space psychologically, and there's often the, the moment of discovery that's around that. Um, that's the adjacent possible. That would be an imaging of that. Um, and innovation, it, wh whether in the arts or in science or in philosophy, what have you, often goes this way, that the leap of the single genius uh, way out there um, is often very, very hard to um, integrate into society. So Leonardo da Vinci's developing notions of submarines and helicopters and all of this stuff uh, in four centuries before the technology is there. So it just looks like a crackpot idea, uh, except in hindsight, we now go, what brilliance? But uh, it's because there wasn't enough cultural connectedness to make that field image into a reality. Okay, that's that's uh, that's very good. Uh, you, one of the things that that happens to you is you live coincidences, synchronicity in your life, um, and outside of therapy. And uh, you had an experience, a business idea, a business venture that you began to um, consider, and then you had a remarkable thing happen. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, I was um, I was just at the onset of uh, starting a project uh, that I thought might lead to something um, valuable at a, at the level of business, um, and I was thinking about what steps. I was being very um, causal and thinking in a very systemic, step-by-step uh, -step fashion, um, and I was really trying to think what I needed to do to get ready to. Um, create a field so that there would be investors. Well, before I could do anything, um, 
uh, through uh, a friend, someone else came in and said, I'm, I've been looking for something to invest in along these lines. Uh, and I was shocked because it was a, a mirror image of what I'd been thinking about. So we sat down and we talked and, and we talked actually about the coincidence that he didn't know about this project. And I certainly hadn't yet articulated it to anyone. <laughs> so, uh, aren't you um, behind this, behind what happened here, uh, talking about some of the same things we had just been talking about, a field of yes. knowledge so that ideas evolve in this field and you picked out this idea and your friend was tuning into this same layer of, of knowledge and uh, brought it to the guy that maybe somehow he knew would be interested in it. Yeah, this is kind of intuitive communication that goes yes. across um, uh, friends into networks. Uh, there, there's some very strange sociological research that I've occasionally bumped into. One about weight gain and loss that I saw where um, the researchers were looking at uh, the network of friends trying to correlate your own weight gain and loss to your friends because those are the people you probably eat with the most often and so forth. And there should be some reflection there. Well, the correlations were rather low. Um, and then someone looked out at the friend's friends, the second degree effect. And there, lo and behold, a correlation came up. That there was a communication that seemed to go on between the friends of friends. There's an intermediary there that was more powerful than the direct interaction. Nobody could explain it. Go out to the third level, the friends of friends, friends, and it, does, it washes out. And I must admit, as a therapist, I've had a lot of experiences clinically that have reflected something similar to that. Yeah, this social network uh, phenomenon yes. that's been looked at in depression and uh, alcohol use and a lot of other things. Yeah, they, they can describe it, but they can't explain it, uh, particularly that when it's the third, second order person that's involved that there's no direct contact with. Uh, you, uh, as I listen to your mind operate, Joe, uh, I'm most fascinated by your sense of field. Mm -hmm. uh, could we're coming near the end of this, um, but what do you mean by a field? Well, yeah, it's it's invisible. Number one, <laughs> it, it can't. It's not tangible. It can't be grasped. So I think that's part of why we wrestle with it. I think that the 19th century's articulation of the unconscious came out of field theory, but it wasn't directly linked. And so this is something, the human psychological field and our interaction with the world is something that we're on the cusp of describing now. Right? And I'm, I'm going to interrupt you here okay. because we're coming to the end because I want to be able to get back. We're back and okay. forth describing this field with examples and then this more description. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. That is me on the Exxon Broadcast Network. And our guest is Dr. Joe Cambry, Jungian analyst in Santa Barbara. And we're fielding the field. <laughs> They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. 
It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and we are talking with Joe Cambry about fields. And we don't mean a baseball field. We don't mean a football field. We mean something that is more abstract, which Joe says you can't sense. But I, can, I think sometimes I can sense what I would call energy fields. Yeah. Um, that uh, there I, I can feel energy between me and my patients sometimes. Mm-hmm. I can feel the flow of that. Someday there may be a way of measuring that um, interconnection between patient and therapist where we can see the ebb and flow of that energy that we have to recognize someday that we are energy beings and that we transmit energy between us. Now, I can think about that in proximity when I'm with somebody, but the fields that I think you're talking about are when two people are not necessar- not in the same room, right. and, and that's what I'm asking you to, to tell us about, your experience, because I know you have a good feeling for this because I've seen you talk about that at that New York conference in 2014. Yes. Well, these <clears throat> I think these fields... Um, are most easily observed in a dyadic relationship because that's just closer to our ordinary waking consciousness. But um, that doesn't mean that it doesn't have broader effects. I mean, the whole notion of a field is that it's not local. You can't reduce it to one single location. It's more distributed and spread out. Um, That many uh, elements carry it, whatever... Uh, the field is. So let's take a human energy field or a psychological field, a a mind field, if you will, Mm -hmm. that probably has to do with images at some level. Um, Images that are not held in my mind or your mind, but are held in the interactions between us. And those images, that can happen at the interpersonal level. It can also happen at the sociological level, that there's a collective dimension. In fact, what I'm talking about, the the adjacent possible, when we think about that in terms of um, invention in society, I think we're looking at images that are in the collective pre-conscious. That's a term I started to use. The collective. That's good. Instead of collective conscious or unconscious, it's pre-conscious. That's good. That's good. That uh, that adjacent window or adjacent room, yeah. Yeah. So that... These are these are things that emerge out of our collective activity. Many of us are working on synchronicity now. So some of what's happening in terms of our redefinition, the use of a field and so forth, is because the very notion of the field is becoming something we have physical examples that start in the 19th century and we become more and more refined at our in our capacities to observe and measure and begin to notice when fields were there. At first, there was no observable... Uh, a way to really talk about uh, electric and magnetic phenomena. There, it was kind of invisible magic that was happening. Gradually, yeah. the fields were articulated. Well, in homology to that, I think in the present world, we're just at the cusp of being able to articulate something about the human interactive field. And all of this, which seems like what we call anomalous phenomena, point to a baseline level of where this is there all the time. Only um, it's like during an eclipse, to go back to your original image, uh, in an eclipse, one of the things that's extraordinary is not only the black, um, you know, disc that you can see, but the stars come out. And the reality is, of course, those stars have always been there. They're there all day long. It's only when the sun is uh, blotted out that you get to see what's in the background. Well, if the sun is like consciousness, 
then the background stars are there all the time, and so are these collective phenomena. It's yeah, like great metaphor. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. And, and you, 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 you're talking about uh, evolution of uh, consciousness, evolution of our understanding of where we are. Uh, uh, is our culture becoming more open to recognizing and acknowledging uh, synchronicities? If so, yeah. why? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, uh, more and more I'm seeing literature or artwork or philosophical statements that move in this direction. For example, one of the areas that I find very curious is the development of interest in systems of divination. And and these are being done by scholars who don't take it as um, simply fortune-telling or, or guessing the future or something like that, but they're looking at them as systems of knowledge that have helped uh, focus consciousness and guide even political actions over millennia. Yeah. And so yeah. there's a rereading of that and saying, well, maybe the, the surface level of it isn't the most, um, even if it wasn't completely accurate, there's something about the way we focus our consciousness that brings us into um, a larger field awareness. And the fact that topics like that have become um, of real interest to groups of um, sort of mainstream scholars seems to me to be the pathway to begin to identify that, oh, something's entering in the culture here at multiple levels. Um, certainly there's a lot more reporting of this. I think the Internet is facilitating this. There's so much more possibilities that people can see. They can put things together oh my goodness, uh, there was a connection here that was invisible. Big data, that's what we do with it. So th the fact that our minds are being influenced by uh, something like the construction of the internet, and it's opening us up into connections that were normally outside of our um, ego conscious awareness. I think the ego is changing enormously from the um, turn of the 19th to the turn of the 20th, to the turn of the 21st century. Uh, what's That's the ordinary nice. mind is really undergoing a complete um, change. Um, complete change, and that that change is taking place in recognizing our interconnections with the internet is making us see that we are part of a bigger mind. That, and that a lot of coincidences that I've been able to to follow have to do with mind uh, internet connections where you're thinking something and you find it on the internet and it isn't consciously directing you, the the flow of your uh, your search somehow just randomly whatever that means now uh running around in the internet you find something that really matches what you're looking for so the internet as an accelerator of synchronicity awareness is an interesting concept I also add for a paper that I can't find that societies in the midst of major change also yes. see more parapsychological events. Uh, it, it, it's kind of like with uh, synchronicity for an individual. When things are in flux, uh, when there's major transitions, great, great need, high emotion, you're going to see, you experience more synchronicities. And I think that's another reason why we may be seeing more yes. synchronicities being reported and experienced. Yeah, that's well put. I think that's correct. Often it, uh, it, those changes come with a feeling of disruption, and often they're, they're traumatic to the people who are going through that. Uh, I think that's, and I've, I've looked clinically at this phenomenon, the way traumatized victims often uh, end up communicating unconsciously through synchronistic phenomena. It's as if their psyches are saying, um, I don't know how to talk about this, but here's what it feels like. And boom, you have these coincidences happen. At, yeah. at, a, at a cultural and sociological level, for example, there's a, there's been some fairly clear tracking between um, in the Jewish community uh, the um, uh, the traumas that have happened and the interest in Kabbalah and the the uh, flourishing of a kind of um, more mystical awareness that's one that's focused on a more distributed, non-local. Um, vision of the, the world and the universe. So I think it's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are as, as human beings to, to move in that direction. Uh, yeah, and, and you can get to this, this field 
um, of, of everyone in a lot of different ways, but the, the proximal way of doing it is recognizing that when two people uh, get into a relationship, a third entity is formed. And that third entity begins to have some characteristics of its own. Shared images is is one of them, as yep. you've mentioned. Uh, this this uh, th this I call it zero equals two. Uh, that the zero represents the the two people coming together and losing each of their identities and becoming a new identity. And the two is the separation. And that zero equals two in good relationship tends to mean that we're together, but also we have our separateness because that. That, that connectedness, that new entity that's made up of the two people is a new entity and it's something that gets fed to with their own individual identities. Yeah, so I think what, uh, from a, a sort of more analytic perspective, yeah. what you're saying is what we observe in terms of um, when there's an unconscious to unconscious connection, that that bond is larger and it's larger than either individual and it becomes a can become a source of real creativity it can be a source of difficulties but oftentimes if you enter into a reflective understanding of it it really opens things up for us it really does um i, I in how about in non-analytical how about outside the therapeutic sure. relationship what what about how how that applies to people in in relationships? Well, you know, I think anytime there's an intensification of emotional connectedness, it, it starts to activate the field. I mean, one of the things that it's pretty clear to me in talking about field phenomena is that our emotions, uh, the, the mobilization of our affects uh, brings energy to that field. Uh, we feel it biologically, somatically, in our bodies, but I think we also resonate with it psychologically. And there is an interaction at the level of the internet. I have, this is not my own. Uh, I'm sorry, but we'll go to the, we can go to the internet when we finish. We're getting to the end of this, but the emotion is so very important. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, and our guest is Joe Cambry. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. 
So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Welcome back to CC with BB, and we're talking with Dr. Joe Cambry about feelings and interconnectedness and maybe the Internet. Joe, where were you going with feelings and the Internet? Well, uh, some research that I did a little while ago with a number of therapists about um, using Skype uh, to do psychotherapy and the way uh, during uh, psychotherapy sessions on Skype, when affect, when emotions get charged and really um, uh, coming up, oftentimes that's the moment of disruption of the uh, the uh, Internet field there. I, the, literally, the, the signal breaks up, things pixelate. Uh, voices get lost, um, and sometimes you have to reconnect. Uh, and, and so it's the way it, it seems to be um, that affect is really engaging with aspects of the physical world that we don't normally. Oh yeah, I, 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 I'm doing a taxonomy of coincidences, and uh, yeah. one of and one of them is just what you said, uh, where machines respond to human emotions is the name of the as the title of the section. Yeah. Uh, th this is a real phenomenon. I mean, the Pauli effect is a, is a way of talking about it. But when my CD player in my car went off because I was mad because my computer wasn't working, and the CD player then righted itself after I got the computer fixed and I was calmed down, was just one piece of evidence. But this is very interesting. I'm glad you tell us. I'm glad you tell us that. Um, the mind machine emotion machine interaction but let me tell you this this one sure. more one more story um, I was visiting my uh, six week old granddaughter holding her was amazing uh, a couple of weeks ago six weeks old uh, a, that purity of soul is amazing and and I, I I needed to get away into the uh, find some trees to walk around and I love walking in the woods so I stumbled on a place, and that's another story, how I got there. It's a, I, I'm not familiar with Melrose, Massachusetts very much. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, so I walked in the woods. I was surprised to find. I was happy to be there, and I started singing. Somewhere over something I was singing. I was, was really happy, and uh, I saw a guy coming towards me, and he, he, was, he seemed friendly enough. He said hi to me in a nice way. I said, wouldn't it be great if life were a musical? <laughs> and he said to me, did you say that because I was singing? And I said, no, I said it because I was singing. I was the one who was singing. And he said, no, I was singing. So we got into this kind of as you like it in the, in the forest argument about <laughs> who was singing. And I couldn't hear him and he couldn't hear me is probably what happened. So... I sang him my song, he asked me to, and then I asked him to sing his song, and we talked some more. And it was a great conversation, and we, we, we separated. He asked me to join his a cappella group, and, <laughs> and that was it. So I go home, I say, I want to convince my, my son and other relatives that this coincidence business is real and it's a lot of fun. So I go home and to my son's house, and I tell him this story, and he interrupts me, and he said, this guy have a short beard and wore glasses and was the name of the acapella group, something beginning with blue. I said, yes, he knows the guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Small world. Small world. Yeah. What I, small world sometimes is, is right. But this, this is a, had a few more little twists in it Oh yeah. that, that we were singing was one of them. Um, how do you, how do you react to this? How do you interpret uh, this coincidence 
Yeah, that's uh, that's fascinating. I mean, I said small world thinking of the work of Stephen Strogatz, the mathematician, because he's looking at um, phenomena of interconnectedness. That's, yeah. That, that we're suddenly linked in ways that uh, are on the surface astonishing. And clearly that was uh, something that was there. It, it feels to me there's something of the forest. You know, I'm interested in forests and the interconnectedness of the, what goes on underground, the rhizomatic links. And I, I think there are places uh, you, you used, uh, you know, Shakespeare's the use of coincidence um, for comedy. Yeah. And, and I think what you're doing is you're building an image of what you were in in this emotional relationship with your grands, grandchild and, and really resonant with that. And that was uh, the joy in that feeling um, in that moment feels very personal. And here's somebody else experiencing joy in nature in a different way, but also that feels very personal. And I, I think the kind of um, sense of uh, competition over who was singing <laughs> was who's, who, whose joy is this? <laughs> and when you transcended that, then, then, then the deeper field opens up. You know, that's often we come at it with our egos and we think, hey, wait a minute, this is mine. Don't take it away from me. <laughs> what about that? Bo well, the both of us were singing, yeah. um, and uh, that doesn't happen to. I don't run into yeah. people who are singing. I go to the woods a lot, uh, and that um, we even started talking with each other. And I said something as as silly sounding as "Wouldn't it be great if life were a musical?" And I really like that idea. Uh, yeah. if, that if we would sing to each other, um, it'd, it'd, be a, it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, there was something that transformed that encounter around that. It seemed to me that the musical was, uh, the, the musical comedic aspects of life, all that feeling was was already in the field, and the two of you were drawn up. You know, the, the, it's so curious whom we meet. This is the notion of Kairos. Uh, why just that person at just that moment? Yeah, that, that it's something larger that we're in. We're in a forest, a, a, a musical forest in that moment. And there, there isn't something enchanted in the, in your story. And I'm using old language from you know uh, folk culture and so forth. Yeah. but I think it points to something. It does. It does. It is. It is enchanted in the way that it, people used to think of it as being. Uh, the old fairy tales tell truth. Yes. Uh, it's the way it. The, it's the way it can be, the way you can get to be, the way you can, a place you can find to be in. It's it's really more fun than the one that we tend to do regular reality in. Yeah. Well, that is life as a musical then. I mean, there is a transformation there that that is a, a, an alternate reality. It's an adjacent possible that you're, you're momentarily stepping in. Yes. Um, our imaginations seem to be geared towards this it, and, and i'd say it evens what drives us to evolve as a species how do you mean it, it drives us to evolve as a species because i think that's true yeah well i uh, you know the, these the creation of these products we, we can dismiss them at the individual experiential level but when you start to look at the sum total of them and i think that's what you're after here you begin to see that these shape life directions williams james started to talk about this you know, a century ago or more, he was talking about the way in which there were forces that caused us to um, orient towards this or to that, and we were never quite aware of them. They were on the margins of consciousness, and yet they influenced the directions. And he used the magnetic field as a metaphor at the time because he was studying field theory. <laughs> um, and he, he got that, that our emotions are... Uh, engaging with with the field that we're in, that they're not just simply localized within uh, one person psychology. Yeah, we we have about three minutes left, Joe, and uh, I, I'm just very excited and intrigued by what I feel is in your heart as well as in your mind uh, about field theory and emotion. I mean, it, you're putting together you personally. Uh, heart, emotion, and mind field, and it's I, I can experience it listening to you, and there is an excitement in you uh, 
to express this and to enact it. And I imagine that being uh, in the multiple roles you are at Pacifica University, you have the opportunity to recognize more consciously than most of the people around you that you're in a field that's the Pacifica and that you are feeling things in it and that you are moving your way through it almost like without your eyes but with feeling. Yes, uh, that's very well put. I mean, I've watched my teaching evolve there. That was the first layer of this, the way in which we would form an entity in the classroom, Mm -hmm, a a group mm -hmm. entity, and the, the, the selection of which stories to talk about, which theories to articulate and unfold were really subtly based on the interactions that were happening in the classroom at the moment. And I've gone on, because I've done other um, organizational work, to see that this is also a layer that shapes organizational life. Yeah. Uh, Not just the individual, but the whole directions. And so that is part of my approach to um, the kind of administrative roles I have at Pacifica, is building teams where this element is uh, honored and allowed to the uh, in consciousness and allowed to help shape the directions that we take. In this last minute, when you say this element, what is this element that you encourage to manifest? That, uh, well, one way to talk about it would be the wisdom of the group mind uh, mm-hmm. that transcends the knowledge of any one person or another. Uh, that collectively, when we open up to this, to that enchanted world we were talking about, we think in a richer, more complex way, uh, and we often can arrive at things that we could not get to if, no matter how clever we were in our individual thinking. Well, I used to be able to do that in group therapy when I was a group therapist, uh, paying attention to what's going on in the middle of the room. Yes. Uh, that's, That's where the information was. And it kind of got put out there in general systems theory to some extent, but the way you are living it is a wonderful uh, sign to me about uh, how we are evolving consciously the way you are doing this, Joe. It's it's remarkable. It's a pleasure to hear you and feel through through our internet uh, what you're experiencing and doing. So thank you very, very much for being on the show. Well, and thank you for your receptivity and resonance with this. I mean, that's part of why this works. Good. You've been listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Weitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Thank you again, Joe. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I dot net. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. 
Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. <laughs> 